Incredible privilege to welcome each and every one of you to our Saviour's Church, Crowley. Thanks, Natalie. Um, I hope you, uh, I hope you're having fun with us yet. It's a, it's the season to be jolly, right? Come on! I'm so glad I get some uh, some movement there. Listen, listen, listen. I was gonna say, don't worry, we'll do Thanksgiving first, but now I don't have to say that anymore because y'all are all into Christmas, right? Come on! But don't worry, we'll do Thanksgiving first. <laughs> In fact, today is all about Thanksgiving, and we're going to just look at the year at a glance and just be, just be so um, aware of what God has done in our midst. And um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm from South Africa, uh, been living in the States for almost three years. December 20th will be our three-year anniversary, so remember it on Facebook, tell us, tell us happy, happy. USA and blah blah blah, um, but uh, but like Lance said, uh, I am I am a, a, a trilinguist. Um, uh, one of those I don't understand myself either. <laughs> but uh, we do we do trust that the Holy Spirit is uh, is behind that one, and um, yeah. So it's just a it's just been a great time. This year has been uh, up and down year, to be honest. I mean, we've faced uh, quite a few things that have been quite. Um, quite hard uh, to, 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 to manage, and, um, but we have it at incredible highs this year as well. And so um, what a welcome to everyone who is watching on our Facebook group as well. Thank you for tuning in. It's always great to know that uh, even though you can't be here on the day that you're tuning in, and for those of you who are watching later, uh, I know some of you are watching the, the, the broadcast as soon as you have time. Glad that you're staying abreast of what God is doing, what we're speaking on. So we're building together. Amen. How many of you enjoyed the Build Your Church series? Man, what a time of just understanding and, and knowing what our part is and what God's part is. And so um, if you missed that series, it's on our app. We have an app. It's called OSC Connect. And I would love to invite you to, if you want to kind of get a bit of a history of our church and what, we, what we've been discussing and preaching on over the last month or so, uh, go grab the app. Um, you won't have to do anything for the app. Just, just go grab it and then and you'll be able to kind of catch up there um and uh and it'll be it'll be awesome for you to just get a little bit more of a a background as to what god is doing uh, in in our savior's church here in crowley for those of you who don't know we have campuses in jennings we have camp a campus in eunice as well and we form part of like a three campus church and uh, my wife and i my wife's name is esther she's also from south africa Uh, we get to lead this campus and it's really fun um so we're going to talk about the gratitude attitude today the gratitude attitude today. So if you have a Bible, you want to read with me in your own device. We're in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. And yes, I did practice saying Thessalonians a hundred times before I managed to really say it good. Um, and it says the following. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Woo, sometimes that's difficult, right? Yes, yes, we have had some serious situations <laughs> this year where we had to really go, Lord, even in this one, am I supposed to be thankful? <laughs> and, um, but the beautiful thing is that he doesn't say be thankful for all of it because, uh, you know, how many of you know, sometimes life really, really does upend us. Um, and yet we still have him. And when we have him, 
we can always be thankful. And so that's why we're talking about the gratitude attitude because it's more than just moments or momentary uh, emotions. It's a disposition in the Lord, an attitude of gratitude. And so this week coming is all about thankfulness, right? So we're going to be spending time. Um, kids are out of school, and so there's going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, manage, managerial uh, needs at home, <laughs> trying to figure out where to put them and what to do with them all. But don't forget in the midst of the hustle that it's the Thanksgiving week. It's the week to be thankful for those little ones that you get to, uh, you know, organize afresh uh, <laughs> on behalf of the school system <laughs> that so graciously <laughs> provided you with their company over this week. Um, it's time for us to really think differently about the situation that we're in and find those things that we can still be thankful for. I want to talk about um, just the effect of Thanksgiving in our lives. Uh, so often when we... Um, when we think of, of these principles in the Bible, we just think of them as rules or, or things that we ought to do because, you know, God is God and we're humans and we're supposed to listen. But really, when you study Scripture, you see that every single one of God's ordinances, every single one of God's rules, even in the Old Testament times, they were all for a purpose to either preserve, to either guide, lead, protect, or provide for his subjects of love, which is us. The bedrock of our study of God, the understanding that you and I come to God with first and foremost, is that he's a good God. If you have any other idea about God, it's going to hamper your understanding of his scriptures detrimentally. In fact, there was for the longest time, uh, I struggled reading the Bible. Uh, I was even in full-time ministry. I was even appointed as a pastor already. And I had struggled in my early 20s reading the Bible because I felt so condemned each time I went to it. Each time I read it, I felt that it was telling me how much I am not enough. How bad I was. How much I still had to work for to be approved. Until I realized the difference between the purpose of the old covenant and the new covenant and why the new covenant is described as being a better arrangement with humanity. The new covenant is a better agreement. Why is it a better agreement? Because in the new covenant, Jesus took care of all the work on your and my behalf. And by faith, we get to get access to the results of his work. And we don't have to strive for it any longer. And so from then on, I started seeing what the Bible has declared over me, not what I must work to achieve, but in fact, what Christ has achieved on my behalf and what I have gained as a result of his work, the righteousness, the acceptance, the friendship, the closeness, the father-son relationship that I had because of Christ. Not something that I had to qualify for because in Christ I have been qualified. And so I started reading the Bible and it started saying to me who I was already, who I have become, not who I still need to become. And, and out of that, I realized why Christians can be thankful, why we can walk in an attitude of gratitude in any given point in time. Because what we've received is so precious. What we have received is so expensive, and yet God made it available to us who would never be able to get it on our own effort. 
through his son Jesus Christ. And now the word of God declares unto me who I am in Christ. It tells me that you are forgiven, that I am forgiven. It tells me that I am accepted. It tells me that I am no longer condemned when I make mistakes. I don't know about you, but I like hearing that (laughs) because I do make mistakes. And when I make them, I feel distraught. My spirit, man, aches inside of me. And I go like, man, why did I do that? I I don't want to do that. It's contrary to my new nature. It makes me feel horrible. How many of you still enjoy sinning? All right, this is not a time to put up your hand, by the way. (laughs) But if you do, I want to I I tell you this. Be careful when you become a Christian because you'll stop enjoying sinning. Sin will no longer be fun. It'll always be something that you regret doing because your nature shifts. You become like God and God, the Bible says, hates sin. You will start hating sin. And there will be a discrepancy in your soul that you need to reconcile to yourself by saying to yourself at one point, you know what, I better stop doing this because by doing this, I'm literally doing myself a disservice. This is, giving, this is of no advantage to me to keep walking in these sinful patterns because of who I have become. But the beauty of the New Testament is that it affirms to me over and over and over and over again that you have become righteous. He has declared you his righteousness by taking on your sin nature and dying and paying the penalty for that on your behalf. So we walk in thanksgiving, not because it's a command, but not understanding that it is a command, but because of the realization of what, who we are in Christ, right? And so our thanksgiving comes from a much different place. So let me backtrack and run you through the process of, of this. I want to Focus on a portion of scripture in Luke 17, where Jesus just healed a bunch of men from leprosy. Um, Most of you know, but for those of you who don't, leprosy was a a skin-rotting disease that people, was a death sentence. People would die of it. There was no cure at the time. In fact, it was so bad that, you know, they were commanded, oh, dare I say it? (laughs) I won't. They were commanded to go and live outside of the city because of it so that they would not be in contact with people that they could transfer transfer that sickness onto so they were outcasts in society people in fact they were commanded by law to let anybody who dare travel close to their vicinity outside the city that they would need to shout to those people that i'm unclean i'm unclean so that the people won't approach them maybe for directions or for any kind of thing and risk getting infected so these men um, knew that Jesus uh, were, 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 were approaching Jerusalem. And it says here in Luke 17 verse 11, as Jesus continued on to Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance and they cried out. So, so for those of you who are from Africa, <coughs> joy, um, not leopards, lepers, okay? Ten lepers, these were the men that had the sickness, stood at a distance and they were crying out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But not like that, of course, right? It was more like, I'm going to shout today. Jesus, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, show yourselves to the priests. 
And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Incredible, hey? Just one word from Christ. Just a word declared over them. And their response by believing that word, (laughs) as they went, it says, they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, and the Hebrew word, sorry, the Greek word there for the word healed is cured. It's, he saw that he was cured. The problem that he had asked Jesus to solve was solved. He came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. But this man was a Samaritan. The rest of them apparently were all Jews of Jesus' own nationality, Jesus' own people. Sometimes when I see the responses of people that were outside of the Jewish culture to Jesus, I understand why God has such a passion for the nations. Because often people that were outside of his own nationality responded better to his faith, to his word, to his teaching, to his presence than his very own people. Jesus marveled at that. Didn't I heal, again, cure 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. In this moment, a different word for healed is used. In fact, it's the word sozo. Your faith has made you well. Your faith, in fact, has saved you. It's no longer just a physical healing but something different took place in this man's heart because of his response to jesus 10 were healed only one returned let me say this if you're not grateful for the many blessings that you have in your life it's either because you're in, you think that you're entitled to it for some reason or that you think that you worked hard enough for it to deserve it Both of them are prideful attitudes, not gratitude attitudes. And if you're not careful and repent of them, they will lead to your destruction. The Bible says pride comes before destruction. You see, so often in today's society, we walk around feeling like we're entitled to things. Whereas in fact, we need to recognize the grace of that has been afforded to us that makes it possible for us to walk in certain things. The qualities of life that we experience here in this country aren't things that you and I are inerrantly entitled to. Remember, we are fallen as human beings. We actually deserve God's wrath when it comes to what we're entitled to. And so the fact that we're experiencing so much of God's grace is just amazing. And the Bible says that he gives his grace to the, both the unbelieving and the believing. And what we need to come to understanding is that when we experience goodness, that we're experiencing the grace of God. In fact, if you combine the word grace and the word attitude, I think that's where you get the word gratitude from. from. Grace and attitude If you add grace to your understanding of your attitude, that results in you having gratitude. 
If you don't have gratitude, you probably don't understand the grace that you're currently experiencing and living under. And all you're left with is an attitude. What do we give thanks for? Let's read, read Psalm 107, verse 1 to 2. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. The first and foremost thing that we give thanks to, thanks for, is to God for who he is. He is a good God. This is so important. This is fundamental. This breaks your gratitude attitude out of circumstantial, circumstantial, um, a, a, a circumstantial um, origin. This puts your gratitude into a realm that, that, is, that is not externally influenced. No, it's something that comes from the inside because of a revelation, because of an understanding of who I am in light of this awesome, wonderful God that we get to serve here on earth. God is good. And His goodness rains down on both believing and unbelieving alike. We are walking in His grace. And because of who He is, this good Father that is relentlessly reaching out to this world and wanting this world to respond in faith back to Him, we live in the abundance that we are living in. Abundance of freedom, abundance of blessing, abundance of provision, abundance of um, uh, 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 love and friendship and family. We get to live in so much abundance and it's because of His goodness. So give thanks to the Lord for He is good. First and foremost, we always acknowledge God is good. And we thank God for who He is. We're talking about His character, His unchanging nature. When we focus on who He is, things on earth become less consequential. Things on earth kind of fades slightly in the light of the, the song says, His glory and His grace. You see, God's glory is His ultimate standard. It's His holiness, the full expression of His will and His, and His nature and character. It's the full expression thereof. So when the glory of God comes into a situation, the full expression of God is manifested. In other words, all of a sudden, there is no place any longer for sin. There's no place any longer for disagreement. When God's glory manifests, we align. <laughs> yes, sir. The Bible says glory is the weight of God. It descends on us and it changes us. It changes us to look like Him. When we focus on His character and His nature, that is what happens to us. We start understanding our disposition, the blessedness of it, the privilege that we have. And that makes us break out in thanksgiving regardless of what we're going through. Let me ask you this, what glorifies God more? Thanking Him for being a healer when you're in good health or when you are still trusting for healing? What glorifies God more than when you thank Him for being your provider when you have the perfect job and perfect income or that you thank Him when you're still struggling financially? 
What glorifies God more? When you thank Him for being your kid's provider, for being your kid's guide, for helping them through the decisions in life, when they're all doing the right things, or does it glorify God more when they're acting up and they're being, you know, kids, and they're not doing everything that you want, that you trust Him for their eventual salvation and their guidance? Let me say this to you, that when you thank God for who He is, it glorifies Him. And the second thing that happens, it keeps your faith alive. When you glorify God for he, who He is, it boosts your own faith, your trust in this person that you are putting your hopes and desires on. When I'm thankful for who He is before it's even my reality, it makes God bigger. It elevates Him above my reality. And we all need a big God, amen? Oh my goodness, we need a God that can break through into our reality and bring changes. We don't need a God that's manageable. We don't need a God that's fully understandable. Uh, you know, when somebody you know, has like a, a full grasp on God and understand everything about Him, I'm, I'm really wondering about the God that they're you know, made up for themselves there. Because my God is actually living beyond my reality. And so there are things about him that I'm never going to understand. And I'm really okay with that. Because sometimes I need an intervention that's coming from outside of this world. Because this world fails me. And so I'm okay with a God that I don't fully grasp. But the Bible says that I can know him enough to receive that to receive the blessing of becoming like Him, to, to, to have that relationship that assures me of my stance in Him. I can know Him enough. I've been given enough knowledge, enough light, so that I may gain understanding as to who He is, what He wants from me, and how to get there. And it's all about His goodness revealed. So that's where we come to the place where if things go wrong, we can still stand firm and await the promises of God to become true. You'll know that scripture verse in Habakkuk 3 that describes all the things that go wrong, but then the response, here it is. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I said earlier that this year, many of us have gone through the, the most incredible of lows. Some of us have gone through the most incredible of highs. But one thing is for sure that if we understand the goodness of God and we can thank God for who He is to our lives, we will remain standing because if you glorify God in the midst of the trial, if you thank Him for who He is, no matter the circumstances, He helps you survive. He, brought, he brought, brings you through that challenge. He builds your faith. And in the process, He is glorified most. Because when you're glorifying Him out of trust and faith, it blesses him. It says something to him about where your heart is at. That you're not just after him for the things you get from him. That you're actually after him for what you get in him. This is why this, this thing is so important to thank him in every circumstance. Because 
if your circumstance di dictates whether you're thankful, whether you live in an attitude of gratitude or not, you will often not glorify God and even get to a place where you might even blame Him for things that are going wrong. Which it is impossible to blame God for anything that goes wrong because He is not behind anything that's going wrong in this earth. In fact, the Bible says that in everything He's working for the good of those who love Him. So when you have ever had any doubts, whenever you came across a moment where you're like, God, what is going on here? Please remember to in that moment, thank Him for who He is. Thank Him for who He is. Because in it, you will glorify Him. And He will build your faith to stay standing until the promise breaks through. Because He is not behind what's bad. There is another guy. We'll talk about him another day. But He's behind it all. And He even causes broken things in this world that then end up causing more brokenness. How many of you know that people that are broken also end up breaking other things? But God is still good in the midst of that. And if your thanksgiving is directed at Him, He elevates you above the circumstances, gives you clarity of thought so that you know who is doing what and what you ought to be doing to keep standing and move through it. The second thing, very simply, what we thank God for is for what He has done. It's for what He has done. And, and Psalm uh, 107 has actually four, four separate verses, 8, 15, 21, 31, that, both, that all four of them says the following. Thank them, let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. He does incredible things on our behalf. He comes through for us in incredible ways. And we need to remember the things that He has done and thank Him for it. Because in doing so, we remind ourselves to be thankful in all circumstances. Our past victories give us the faith to keep trusting for future victories. But if we forget God's wondrous works for, for us, all of a sudden our circumstances become so big that we just don't see our way through. Four times in this chapter is it repeated. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. He's trying to emphasize something. He's trying to make a point that this is a necessary response from Christians. To thank God for the things that He had done and to remember them. One of the biggest things that God has done for us was the cross. And we've celebrated that this year incredibly. We've celebrated how He has changed our nature from being sinners to being righteous people. Righteous people who are still living in earth vessels that still make mistakes, but nonetheless, our mistakes no longer define us. His righteousness defines us. That by itself is something we can be forever thankful for. We said it in that song that my name is recorded in heaven. We learned this year that it is possible for me to have surety of my salvation. I don't have to wonder anymore, did my works do enough? Did I, did I manage to, 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 to you know, gather enough points or enough merits 
to merit my entrance into heaven. No, we learned that our entrance is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we put our faith in that, then our salvation is sealed by the Holy Spirit that becomes resident on the inside of our hearts. That is incredible. That is incredible. And it, 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 it provides me with such rest, right? I don't have to, I don't have to perform anymore to get God to see me, to get God to hear me. No. Now it's a matter of building a relationship with Him, of glorifying Him, and learning how to walk in obedience to Him, not from a position of obligation, but from a place of desire, a place of delight. He paid a debt He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sin away. And that's what Jesus Christ came and did for us. The truth is thankfulness makes us whole. Whole. When you stood before the Lord this year or other years and you realized that you have been saved and set free, the first response is always, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you realize you don't have to pay to be saved, through your good works or your, or your membership for an organization or the amount of money that you give, the response is always, thank God, thank goodness, thank Jesus. The response is always thankfulness. So we're back at Luke 17, verse 17 to 19. Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Didn't I cure the disease of 10 men? Didn't I solve the problems of 10 men? Didn't I take away the issue that you were coming to me with of 10 men? Where are the other nine? No one has, has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith did not just solve your problems. Did not provide answers to your prayer requests. Did not just take you out of trouble or give you that thing that you were trusting for. No, your faith has made you well. It saved you. It saved you. It placed you in front of God in a right standing that no longer are you guilty of your sin. It saved you. Just because you're healed doesn't mean you're whole. God's desire is to make you whole. And when you start thanking Him for everything, in everything you start thanking Him and for every one of His wondrous works, you start thanking Him, it, it, beco- it becomes a steamroller. It becomes a momentum builder that leads to complete health and well-being. One started thanking Jesus and drew nearer to Jesus and he got to hear a greater blessing spoken to, over him than any of the other ones. Thankfulness draws us closer to Jesus and allows us to hear things from him that other people will never hear of him. When you live in thankfulness, you get to hear the voice of God affirming you, celebrating you, encouraging you, telling you it's going to be okay. But when you're just trying to get him to solve your issues, your ears are often devoid of that blessing. You don't get to hear him tell you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. They all received a miracle, but only one received the salvation of his soul. 
There is a greater place than prayer answered that you can walk in. One guy said it like this, I would rather be with Jesus in a little fisherman's boat than without Jesus on the Titanic. Being with Jesus in a fisherman's boat that sometimes go through scary things is better than being on a Titanic that you think and that they declared nothing can ever happen to. Because we know the outcome of that. As far as I remember, the fishermen made it to the other side with their boat. (laughs) The Titanic was not that fortunate. I want to take a trip down memory lane for a little bit just to talk through some of the things that God has did, the wondrous works of God over our congregation in 2021. Let me tell you, I thought I was going to come up with a you know, list of you know, five or six or seven things. And when I started writing them down, I'm like, my goodness. <laughs> I started flipping through the calendar and just thought about all the things that God had helped us do this year. And I was even encouraged and surprised by how much. And I, and I, and I realized how... Quickly, I even forgot some of the great things that God did for us this year. And so, what a moment to just come together and just say thank you to Jesus. Amen? So, I'm going to start reading some of these things. And, and I hope that they, uh, they encourage you as they did me. And also, some of you might have been involved in all of this. Some of you might not have been involved in many of this or any of this if you're kind of new. Uh, that's okay. Uh, kinda, if you want to see how many you were involved in to just remember to thank God for all of these things just keep counting but if you weren't just know and realize that what you're experiencing today is kind of like a a thanksgiving moment for you that that God preserved us to here that he has made us come to this place so that we can still worship him together and celebrate him together this morning the first thing was like we journeyed through the whole new testament together with our daily devotions it's the first time we've ever done that First time we've ever done daily devotions. And I think that that was awesome to guide our whole church through regular Bible reading, daily interaction in the Word of God. And if you've been following along with those daily devos like we have, you would have read through the whole New Testament this year with us. I just think that's phenomenal. As a whole church, we endeavor to do that. And we're going strong. We're going to end it out strong because uh, the year isn't totally done, but we're almost there. We're almost there. Then number two is like we launched eight live groups in February and those eight live groups are still going. And this is something significant because in the past we used to do live groups that started and stopped and the continuation of spiritual growth were constantly kind of abruptly interrupted. That's what I'm looking for, interrupted. And this year we have seen an incredible like, journey of growth in the people that have stuck to our life groups and have joined and then started doing life together with uh, a couple of leaders. Uh, and I'm just extremely thankful for those life groups that have, uh, that have helped build people. Ultimately, our vision is to reach people and build lives. We want to help people build their lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Not just have moments of blessing but have lives that are built on Jesus. And these life groups have formed the bedrock of our spiritual growth. Um, you know, uh, we believe that life change happens more effectively where life exchange takes place. This is a moment where the truth of God gets declared, but it needs to get processed somewhere. It needs to get worked in and, and, and life changes needs to be made. And, 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 and those things are best done in relationships where we discuss those things that we heard how do we do that 
And those are what have been happening in our life groups this year. And I'm extremely excited about just seeing where they would go from here and about the leaders that they have produced now to be able to start some more, to be able to launch more life groups that create more pockets of life-giving relationships where we can all kind of gather around and keep growing together. The third thing that happened this year that I'm just excited about is we started hosting our own freedom conferences. And for those of you who did not know and have not known what freedom is, we're not involved in freedom this year, it's okay, it was by design. I wanted to build some other things strong in our church first before we head back into freedom. But trust me, next year, we're going to hit freedom strong. We're going we're gonna to take, if you have time to invest in that next year, I want to give you a heads up in advance from February next year. We're going to start life groups. Uh, some of our life groups that haven't done freedom, the freedom uh, curriculum yet, we're going to head into that. And so I want you to get ready for next year. We're going to do freedom together as a church. And if you've done freedom, it's a moment for you to get some other people to go and join the, pro- the, the journey of going through freedom with you and lead them through the same thing that blessed you a while back. During this freedom conference, we... Glory to God, glory to God. We deal with things like um, guilt, shame, pride, greed. Uh, We deal with control. We deal with um, all sorts of uh, things that keep us from experiencing liberty in our relationship with Christ, uh, keep us under condemnation uh, for past things that have happened, uh, mistakes that we might have made, some dealing in things of the occult, Uh, mystic practices, uh, dealing with religiousness, and just the process of of, of dealing with these things and repenting of these things and finding uh, the truth of Jesus, how it liberates you from the effect of all these things on your life. It's just an incredible experience. Uh, When we arrived in in, in the States, one of the first things we went through was freedom. Um, And I was at that time a pastor of uh, probably... 15 odd years or something, 16 odd years maybe, um, and, and, and going to the Freedom Conference and the Freedom Life Group uh, curriculum leading up to it, uh, I'll tell you that it's uh, even for somebody who's been around the Bible, it was an incredible, incredible moment of freedom, laying down certain things that have happened that I never dealt with in my soul. Uh, it was an incredible opportunity. So next year when freedom comes around, I want you to sign up for it because we're going to see an incredible, incredible release through that. And we did two of these conferences this year. Now, I don't know if we'll be doing two again next year because it was quite a load, but we did manage to pull it off. Praise God. The fourth thing that I want to say is like we baptized 25 people this year. That is incredible, guys. We're like, we're not a, we're not a massive church yet, right? So baptizing 25 people speaks of spiritual growth. When we count the number of people we baptize, it's not because, you know, we want to say something great about ourselves. We want to be sure that people are growing in their walk with God. And being baptized is one of those moments where you really know somebody is, uh, understands what it means to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and take a step of obedience to start following God's pattern and lifestyle. And so we really celebrate that number. Um, then uh, my wife uh, got sent to a, a course, an inner healing course this year. And uh, um, she is uh, looking forward to um, hosting some inner healing 
groups. And I just think that the skills that she gained there was an incredible, has been blessing people already as she has learned how to help, um, especially ladies, deal with, with deep, deep wounds that life has dealt them. And so um, just to be able to have her go through that, was a, was, it was like an achievement for us to get her to that place, to be able to be trained in it. And so we're thankful for the fruit that that's going to deliver in our, in our church moving forward. All right, we took in 20 new members this year. Now, for those of you who are around, um, we want to say this. You are welcome, and we love you being here. And you can feel, you can belong before you take that step to decide to fully um, uh, uh, become an official member of this family. And we love it that you're here. Uh, and uh, we want you to grow. We want you to experience God. We want you to, 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 to start experiencing the relationships in our church. And so you can participate basically in every and anything uh, that our church uh, hosts and, 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 and is going to uh, you know, put on um, because we just love people. We are a church that that truly values people. And uh, um, so, so don't feel that you're, on, you're not recognized you know, by me calling out the number of people that actually joined our church in membership. But when you join them, become a member of the church, you decide to start building with us. And when you're ready to start building with us, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to sign up for that. And, and, and we take you on a little journey through who this church is, what we stand for, and, and what we're building here so that you understand the vision properly when you make that decision. We hosted our own kids camp in collaboration with the, um, the Jennings and Eunice campus. And look at me, over 120 kids joined this camp, right? Our campus sent at least, that we could remember and count, we sent at least 15 kids of our more or less, at the end of the term, I'll tell you how many kids are currently attending our, uh, our church services here uh, on a weekly basis. And for us, that was just an incredible win because we always used to send our kids to other churches' kids' camps. Um, and this year we have grown to that place where we were able to put on our own kids camp. Not only that, we also put on our own youth camp, which were attended by over 100 youth. And we sent at least 20 of our own, no, sorry, yeah, about, <coughs> how many? Um, 15 of our own youth went to this, this camp as well. And it's incredible because our youth ministry have have kind of gone through some shakings, etc., because we, um, we, we lost our, 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 our youth director. We sent him to Jennings to be a blessing at that campus that needed a youth pastor. And so he had an opportunity to go there. And so we thought, you know, it'd be real selfish for us to hang on to this guy who has an opportunity to follow his life call in Jennings. Um, but the beauty of that is God provided for us in the return. And I'll show you that in just a second. Then the ninth thing that I want to say is like, we, we bought land this year. Come on, y'all. And so it's been seven years of mobile goings, and it's going to be a little, little, little minute still till, till we move into our facility. Um, uh, quick update, we're in planning phase. We're drawing up floor plans, and we're talking to engineers. We're talking to people to kind of see where it needs to sit on that land, and talking about you know, driveways and all the kind of nice things that we need to get in place before we can show you guys a picture of, of what we're going to try to build. Um, and so we're almost getting there. Early in the next year, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be able to do that for y'all. Uh, and uh, so things are in process, and uh, we're going to build on that land very, very soon. Um, just trusting God for everything that needs to be in place. You keep praying for us on that end as well. And then <clears throat> we employed our first employees to our church staff team for the, for the first time this year. That is incredible. Um, 
we appointed Natalie as our, uh, as our administrative assistant, and she has been incredible. She has been such a blessing. For the first time, guys, our church database actually is, uh, is functional. <laughs> like, I can use it now. <laughs> it's not just a bunch of names with a bunch of things that says nothing to me, but, uh, you know, um, and it, it's, not, it's so outdated that I can't really use it properly. Uh, it is up to date, uh, you know, basically till, till September. We got we to gotta get into October and November and, and, and get that up to date. But uh, for the first time, it's actually <laughs> a usable uh, aspect. Um, and then we appointed uh, Gabe, Gabe Wave. Look back, everybody. That's Gabe right there. We appointed Gabe as our youth director. So God gave us a young, vibrant, committed, like holy young man um, who just loves God and has an incredible call on his life uh, to replace Dustin as our youth director. And uh, man, the, just the, the stability and the leadership that he's provided to our youth, youth ministry is already being felt uh, incredibly. And I mean, this one is kind of like a little bit uh, you know, intangible, but so many lives were healed. So many people, relationships restored and, and things during this, this, this year. Um, this year we had an incredible onslaught on relationships. Incredible, incredible. And some of you are still grieving and going through hard things with that. And we respect that and we're sensitive to that. And we're trusting God with you uh, for, for, for His will to you know, to transpire in them. But we also celebrate the fact that we've seen a number of marriages restored during this year that were almost, almost um, on, the, on the rocks. And that is the grace of God, y'all. Let me tell you this, that so many times that we, when we start walking with a couple and we, we, we that is a giant thing to, 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 to you know, to, to walk through. And praise the Lord for every one of them that have managed to, um, to be healed and are in a process of healing. And we just thank Him for that and trust Him for all of you who still are in things like that that needs to get healing from it as well. Um, and then, uh, very excited, we got two new dream teams that started up. Teams that we never had. The one is an events team and the one is a meals ministry team. Now, I know we've cooked before, you know, for people. We've never had like an organized team that now reaches out to you and asks you, do you want us to be cooked? You know, do you want us to cook for you? Normally, you would have to be like, hey, I'm kind of going through a tough time here. Could you all maybe help out with some meals? No, 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 no longer. Now you're being contacted. <laughs> would you like us to cook for you? So we had four, almost, almost having four babies. We have three already. We're going to have another one, a fourth baby coming soon. And the beauty of it all is that we've been able to support these new moms and fresh moms, uh, you know, fresh baby moms uh, in incredible ways through meals. And I'm just so excited about that. And then the events team have just been incredible. How many of you enjoyed the events that we put on this year? Family fun days and bingo nights and, okay, almost bingo nights. <laughs> there was like bingo light. Okay, I know. Um, <clears throat> night, uh, that was before the events team existed. All right, that was just uh, us trying, trying our best without them. But thank God for these new dream teams that have started. And then two teams that have relaunched, one of which I know you're all going to be very happy about. That's the hospitality team. Now at least we have some good coffee again. Come on. Um, yay for community, yeah? I feel like I'm betraying my roots. But anyways, I've realized that I need to start appreciating some of the things of this culture that are, are you know, you know, I, I know that you hold community coffee real, you know, dear to your hearts. And I've decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start supporting community coffee. I, 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 I like this community. I do. I do really. I like y'all. And uh, um, 
And so, 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 but here's my prerequisite. If you ever give me community coffee, give it to me strong, won't you, please? Like, I don't need dirty water. I, I, need, I need coffee. All right? So if we're going to have community, let's at least have it strong. All right. And then the outreach team, something I'm really excited about, um, the outreach team that has just been incredible to, uh, to do some in-reach to take care of needs within our community, um, help out with, you know, practical things that some, if you are in a season where you just can't get to that, you know, our outreach team has a big heart to, to serve in practical ways um, within our church community and then how they're going to help us soon to start doing outside of our own community to touch our a broader community with the love, and, uh, the love and care of Jesus Christ. I'm really excited about that. So I'm on number 12. Uh, number 13, for the first time in our campus existence, we've become financially healthy. You know, this is so big because um, even though our campus have existed for so very long and it's not like we've been in a, in a, in a financial uh, crisis, we've, we've never been able to really contribute. We've always just survived. Um, and I am just so extremely thankful to God for bringing us into that place of uh, being able to, uh, to participate in um, what our broader church is, 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 is carrying, often have carried on our behalf, um, that we've been able to carry all of our own expenses and we've been able to also save along with the other churches for the projects and things that God has going, uh, you know, have us do missions, outreaches, etc. And so um, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for taking the principles that we've been sharing uh, about giving to God from desire, not from, not from duty. Uh, giving tithes out of uh, a sense of thanksgiving, not out of a, a sense of wanting to pay debt. Um, and really having, having being free to give whatever we can and have a desire in our hearts to do. I'm just so thankful that our church is now financially healthy and, and trusting that we will continue to see health come to your lives and as your lives become more healthy, our church will be able to build better and do more for our community because our, our, our ultimate goal financially is to be able to fund mission. Mission exists because worship doesn't, right? And so we need to be in the spaces where worship doesn't exist or worship isn't happening and invest in those spaces so that the gospel of Jesus might be known beyond these four walls. All right, for the first time ever, we started leading chapel meetings for Crowley High School football. Guys, this is incredible. God gave us such favor at Crowley High that uh, on a, a bi-weekly basis, Gabe and I have spent time with the football boys um, and we've, uh, we've, we've shared the gospel with them plenty of times, prayed over them, asked them to come out for prayer if they desired, had personal conversations with boys about faith and about life, and we've been able to share the gospel with many of them, and we trust God for those seeds that are sown to, be, you know, to bear fruit in their lives as time goes on. Um, and the great thing about this is we've, we were able this year to to bless them each with a little uh, Bible study guide that relates to sport, relates to the, the life that they're leading in sport and Christianity and tell them and show them how God you know, wants to be involved in their lives, uh, even as sports people. Um, and uh, we were able to do that uh, also because of your generosity, giving us enough in excess so that we can bless people outside of this church. And that is our heart, man. We want to do more of that. That is just incredible. We have... We have now stably and faithfully um, 
uh, 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 regularly uh, 15 of our youth committed to coming to our youth group. And let me say this to you, that these kids are growing. These kids are growing. The seeds are being planted in their hearts and minds. And I don't want you to ever think that, you know, you can, <laughs> you can immerse your child enough in, in, in Christian spiritual environments. They are immersed in non-biblical, post-modernistic, new age environments 24-7, 365. They, are in, they encounter it in their school curriculums. They encounter it on their social media. They encounter it in, on the radio. This morning I listened to um, one of our very popular radio stations and I was just concerned about some of the things that they're, that they're saying that are not scriptural. Um, and uh, and it's, it's so important to, to let your kids be exposed to truth. Uh, to encourage them to come to these moments where God's word is being shared with them in a practical, relatable way to their generation, to their you know, age, uh, but, but fundamentally still connected to absolute truth, to the word of God, not to something that is so adjusted to culture that you can almost see the difference no more between that and the world. I'm excited about where our youth group is going um, they meet every other Wednesday, no, Thursday, no, they meet every Thursday, excuse me, they meet every Thursday except for the first week of a month. On that first week of a month, they meet on a Wednesday and they go to a youth service in Jennings. But our youth groups happen on Thursdays every week and they are awesome. Um, and then uh, on average, we have about 25 kids weekly in our kids services. Which let me say something about our kids' ministry. Um, last week we said this to each other and we were just so incredibly encouraged again. When we became involved in the church campus, um, our church environments were basically just kid uh, sitting spaces. Uh, kids were being um, uh, basically just entertained um, and, and, and babysat, child-minded until adults had church and then would go back and fetch them. Um, and what, what's, what's incredible is that not only have we transformed this, this kid's department into a ministry that now actively li with live lessons teach the kids the word of God every Sunday. Not only have we done that by the grace of God We've also managed to teach the people that did only sign up really to, to, to take care of kids <laughs> to become teachers of kids. For me, that is the bigger win of the two, that, that people who, 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 were, who were basically saying yes to, all right, I'll you know, maybe press play on a video or I'll just you know, watch the kids while, while y'all are doing church, were willing to see the vision of investing the Word of God in kids' lives. And we're willing to step up and try and start learning how to teach kids in that environment, the Word of God. And so I'm just so proud of the kids team. I'm so incredible. Can we give the kids team a huge hand of appreciation for those of you who see them coming out of their environments. I want you to thank them. Thank them for how they are investing in our kids. Um, not just because it gives us a moment of concentration here, but also because it actually sows seed for redemption in those children's lives themselves. 
Um, so I, I, I want to brag about this team. This is probably our um, um, one of our mo most important ministries in our church. If we lose our kids, what are we doing here? Um, our kids and our youth are of utmost importance to us. Um, and then, uh, because I now have a workable database, I can tell you with confidence that we have an active group of 130 people attending our weekend services. <laughs> and this excludes the kid number that we had. Um, and about almost 50 of us are currently actively serving on dream teams. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. 50 people love on you every Sunday or every other Sunday. Um, and I'm a, I want to invite you to start sharing the love. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be a little bit of something, maybe every other week or once every, once every month. Um, but come and share your love and care with the people around, uh, around you that are, are doing the same for you. When we think about Thanksgiving, we remember there's this beautiful word in the English language. Um, it's called to reminisce. And um, uh, it's, it's almost like nostalgia, but nostalgia is kind of like almost has a, 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 like a, a, a sad ring to it. Where to reminisce really has no sadness. It's more an appreciative remembrance. To reminisce about everything that had happened this year is a good thing. And you know what? There's, if we can also look back at this year and we can probably, you know, start off. In fact, when I, <laughs> when I made my list, when I started thinking about this year, I, I initially wrote, well, this year started off as being a question whether 2021 was going to be worse than 2020. Remember that? <laughs> And I mean, there's, there's some things that we could have listed that did go wrong this year. But life will constantly throw that us into this situation where we can either grumble or we can be grateful. But let me tell you, a grateful people have joy. A grateful people are willing to work hard. A grateful people are resilient. And I choose to rather be grateful for every good thing that have happened this year than to grumble and to settle into the defeat that is being presented to me. God is good whether everything around me is going bad. He's still good. God remains faithful even when I am not. God is a healer even though I wasn't healed. God remains merciful even when we do not deserve mercy. So, I want to give you a tip. More thanksgiving brings fewer complaints. <laughs> I know it's a stupid tip, right? But <laughs> think about it. You can't be thankful about something and at the same time complain about it. So be more thankful. Thank more, reminisce more about the great and wondrous works that God has done this year. Not only will it glorify God, but it'll build your faith. It'll keep you standing and it'll keep you forward, mo forward moving. So how do we give thanks? Just very simple. We need to say it. We need to say it. 
Psalms 9 verse 1 says, Give, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wondrous deeds. So I want to take a moment now. Grab your neighbor and tell him one thing that you are thankful for for this year. Take a minute right now. If you're sitting alone, I might have to ask you to stand up and tell everybody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like to mess with the introverts. <laughs> I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. All right. The second thing is we need to sing it, man. We need to sing it. That's why we love praise and worship. Because it gives us an opportunity to express our thanksgiving to the Lord. Psalm 30 verse 4 says, Sing praises to the Lord, you His saints. Give thanks to His holy name. Psalm 28, 7. And I mean, I can quote a ton of, of psalms. I'll just give you one or two more. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts and I am help. My heart exalts and with my song I will give thanks to Him. Next time you get an opportunity to sing to the Lord, make it personal. Make it personal. Don't just sing words. Express your intention. Express your opinion. Express your emotion through those words. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I know sometimes it's difficult because the circumstances don't lend itself toward it. But remember to give Him thanks in all things and to rejoice in Him always. And then the last one, how can we give thanks as we can share it. We can share it. Don't be stingy with your thanksgiving, sharing of thanksgiving. Tell people what you're thankful for about them. Tell people why you appreciate them. Tell them what you appreciate about them. Psalm 105. It's the last verse. Or give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name and make known His deeds among the peoples. Make known to the world what God has done for you this year. It's so easy to tell the world these days. So instead of telling them what you're having for lunch tomorrow, get on that thing and tell them what you're thankful to the Lord for. And make big about God. Glorify God. Regardless of what happened this year, find something that you can share gratitude toward God to. Because God is still in control. He's still working for your good. And He will still, He still has the best plan for your life. Continue to walk in that. Continue to walk in thanksgiving. You'll see this season will be a very, very jolly season. Because when you start thinking about Thanksgiving, it creates that attitude of gratitude. And you don't have to be a Grinch this, this Christmas. You can enjoy the season. In the midst of trouble, you can enjoy the season. I want to tell you what I'm thankful to you for.
Last week I described the moment when a potter takes a lump of clay and puts it on his turning wheel. And that lump of clay falls onto that turning wheel, kind of like in the vicinity where the potter wants it. But when he starts turning that wheel, he realizes that the lump of clay isn't centered good. And the very first thing the potter does with a lump of clay is he crunches it and shifts it into the center of his wheel. That's a scary moment. Because none of us like it when God puts his hands on us and clamps down on the things that he wants us to move away from. And he wants to put us in that place where he can now gently start forming us. I am thankful that because I know that we've talked about we've talked about pretty deep and confronting things this year and I haven't held back I have given you the raw truth about God's word without sugarcoating it without sometimes for the sake of sensitivity backing down of important things that needed to be said I've said what needed to get said needed to be said this year for us as a people for our church to just get centered around the purpose of God the reason why church exists the reason why we're here so that we don't longer focus on that, that our Christianity is not, is not about ourselves and that our church will not be about us but it will be about Christ and his purposes and his mission on earth and um, the values and the things that we need to be in place for us to be able to live like that and um, the, the, the truths the knowledge we need to have for why that is important I've, I've, I've went at it this year and what I want to thank you for is that you're still here you have chosen to love truth above comfort you have chosen to love God's word above the options that our culture gives us to opt out of the leadership and the lordship of Jesus Christ and I look forward to building this church and this community with y'all I look forward to walking this journey of figuring out how to go from here if you've been slightly offended this year by things that we've shared if we kind of rattled your cage a little bit this year just remember that the potter needs you centered to form the beautiful vessel that he sees in you, that he sees in this lump of clay. And if you will continue to say, here I am, Lord, I am the clay, you are the potter, make me, mold me, we'll see something beautiful develop out of this congregation for this community. I'm excited to see that happen got so many plans got so many things that I want to do like next year but we'll we'll just relax for now just calm down take a rest be holiday for a little bit
And the next year we'll head into some of the amazing things that we have, that God has in store for our church. If you're new here, come along for the ride, man. Come and see what God is about to do through this church. Um, I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you're here. Um, and I hope that you, I hope that you'll come again and become part of what God is doing through us here at OSC. All right, where's Lance, bro? I need, a, I need some support up here. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Thank you, sir. Come stand with me and let's pray over everybody. All right, that's you. Father, thank you that we can, we can trust you together for what it is that you want to build through us, God. Lord, we're by no means perfect. And we have a lot of growing that we need to do. Father, we by no means have attained what what it is that you want us to attain to but we press on God in your grace and in gratitude for what you have done God we celebrate the progress that you have given us this year and we bring it up as an offering to you God this is you this is you this is not us God we could never achieve this without your spirit guiding us without you moving on every single heart in this house to see you in your true light and to decide to worship and serve you in your purposes. So we pray right now, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done through our church as it has started this year. We trust that you will complete the good work that you started in us. And we thank you that we get to be a part of it. We thank you that we got to be a part of these things that we have said here today. But we thank you for that you're always inviting us into the next thing that you're doing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give you all the praise and the glory for this year and for what's to come. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.